Thank you very much. Uh, good morning or good afternoon at this point. In the corporate world, we would call this session the graveyard session. The one right before lunch or the one right before the happy hour. But you guys are going to help me out. We are going to do a bit of holler back. Can we, be, can we be a holler back group just to keep us all awake? You can say amen. You can say you go. You can say you go white boy. Can we just try it real quick? One, two, three. Okay, good, good. All right. Who here has heard of a man named Ernest Shackleton? Shackleton, we got two, three, four of them. Okay, Steve gave me a book a few years ago, and I read it while we were on vacation. A book is called Endurance. Just over 100 years ago, it's not in the Bible, absolutely correct. Just over 100 years ago, Ernest Shackleton wanted to do an expedition where he went from England down to the South Pole, land there, and then walk across the South Pole and get picked up on the other side. They called it a suicide mission, and he could not find anyone to join him on this trip, uh, understandably so. So he tried something else. He took out an ad in the newspaper. Here's the ad he put out, as legend goes. Men wanted for hazardous journey, small wages, bitter cold, long months of complete darkness, constant danger, safe return, doubtful. Honor and recognition in case of success. Ernest Shackleton. 5,000 men applied for this ad. There's something about the call to men and women of courage that like invigorates us because we are made for more than just this complacent life. Amen. So this was just an incredible story. You and I have been invited on a journey like this. If you have embarked on church planting or joining a church planting or global missions is on your heart, you have been invited by God on a mission like this where the wages are small, the work is heavy, sheep bite a lot. And, uh, you know, it's one of those journeys. So here's what I want to do. I want to take... Um, Acts chapter 20 and 21, Paul is finishing his, his time with the Ephesian church, an incredibly uh, successful three years of ministry to Ephesus. And from there, he is called to go by God to Jerusalem. And I want to look at how that journey played out and how we got there and see what God is saying to us in that journey. Dietrich Bonhoeffer says, when Christ calls a man, he bids him, come and die. Ooh, what, what a journey. I mean... We need courage today. I believe God wants to speak courage into each one of you. The last 18 months may have knocked the wind out of your sails, but God wants to speak courage into you. Courage to carry on when you've fallen. Courage to carry on when half of your church left because people got all disillusioned during COVID. Courage to pick up and ask people to pray in tongues. For what reason, we don't know. Courage is the call that God has for us today. Amen. All right, so... Acts chapter 20, at the end of Acts chapter 20, Paul is addressing the Ephesian elders, and he called them all together, and he said, hey, I've been with you for three years, it's been amazing, look at what I did, and he gives them this call to elders of how to elder. But here in the middle of it, in, in verse 22, I'm reading from the ESV, I don't know if you guys are putting it up, Acts 20 verse 22, he said, I'm going to Jerusalem constrained by the Spirit, not knowing what will happen to me there, except that the Holy Spirit testifies to me that in every city that imprisonment and affliction await me. But I do not count my life of any value, nor as precious to myself, if only I may finish my course to the ministry that I receive from the Lord Jesus to testify to the gospel of the grace of God. 
So he's, he's three years in Ephesus. Guys, you, you know the Ephesians story. He changed the culture of that entire city. He changed industry. It was an incredibly successful three years there. And God calls him on, compelled by the Holy Spirit to go on. And the Holy Spirit doesn't say what's gonna happen, except it's gonna be hard. It's gonna be persecution. There is gonna be affliction awaits for you. So he has this inner witness and a leading from the Holy Spirit. So let's carry on into verse 22. Now he's on his journey. He's on his way to Jerusalem. He stops in a city called Tyre. And in verse four, it says, and having sought out the disciples, we stayed there for seven days. And through the spirit, they were telling Paul, do not go to Jerusalem. Okay, I would listen at that point, right? Men, through the spirit, don't go, afflictions await you. Okay, let's keep going. Verse 10, he goes on to Caesarea, and now he's in the house of Philip with his four prophesying daughters. Interesting detail there. Acts 21, verse 10. While we were there, staying for many days, a prophet named Agabus came down from Judea. And coming to us, he took Paul's belt and bound it at his own feet and hands and said, thus says the Holy Spirit, this is how the Jews of Jerusalem will bind the man who owns this belt and deliver him into the hands of the Gentiles. And when we heard this, we and the people there urged him not to go to Jerusalem. In my mind, this is strike three. Number one, the Holy Spirit has told me I'm going to get affliction. Number two, people entire told me don't go by the Holy Spirit. Number three, you got Agabus. And I mean, you listen to Agabus when Agabus speaks and the four prophesying daughters. Don't go. I'm like, hey, I'm with you. I'm out. We're going somewhere else. What does Paul say? It's almost like verse 13. Oh, Cecilia, you're breaking my heart. He says, stop. Stop with the weeping. You're breaking my heart. Look what he says. For I'm ready, verse 13, not only to be imprisoned, but even to die in Jerusalem for the name of the Lord Jesus. Yeah. Oh, man. So he goes. Stubborn. You've got to be stubborn to be in church planning. Amen? Yep. Right? You've got to be stubborn to lead a church. So he goes, he takes his stubborn heart and he keeps going because he's following what the Holy Spirit has told him. He gets there, he meets with James and there these people are saying, hey, the Jews are gonna kill you. Like, why didn't you do this? I got, an, I got a plan, why didn't you do that? Nazarite vow, there's a bunch of men who are gonna shave their heads, can you pay for them? That'll convince everybody that you're on our side and you're still following the law. Interesting fact, Paul says, okay. This is contrary to what Paul believes. Paul doesn't believe we need to do the Nazarite vow and follow all the, the ritual. Uh, so we're gonna look in a minute why he did that, but I, th I think there's something here for us today. So he does it, it doesn't go well. They literally beat him again. He gets in prison and the rest of the book of Acts, he's basically in jail or under house arrest. By many accounts, people think, well, he should have listened to the prophets because his ministry wasn't as successful externally but what happened while Paul was in jail and to Rome? He was preaching to everybody. He wrote the letters that you and I benefit from today. His, his success looked completely different to what it looked like in Ephesus. So there's three things that I wanna pick up out of these verses. Number one is the courage you and I need to follow the Holy Spirit. We need courage to follow the Holy Spirit. Here's why I say this. Persecution to Paul was not a theory. You and I sit in Starbucks, sipping our lattes on our expensive machines, and someone looked at us funny because we are or are not wearing a mask. Somebody is giving us some grief because we did or didn't get vaccinated, and we think, I'm persecuted. 
Paul had been shipwrecked at this point. Paul had been almost stoned to death at this point. Paul had been beaten with lashes. Paul had been examined with whipping at this point. Let's get that on our resume and then talk about some persecution. Amen. So he knew when the Holy Spirit said, trials and affliction wait for you, he knew what this meant. This was not just theory. And he still had the courage and conviction to go because the Holy Spirit told him to go. Friends, it's a, it's a bit like Joshua. Uh, Anthem, you guys just spoke on Joshua. In chapter one, three times, God tells Joshua, be strong and very courageous. And again, be strong and very courageous. And again, be strong and very courageous. At that point, great. Why not just tell me once? Here's why. At that point, not a single battle had taken place yet. There were 13 conquests that Joshua led the people in as they took the nation of Canaan. God was preparing them in that season to get strong and very courageous because the battles are coming, and that's the word for us today as well. The battles are coming in this nation, it's coming in our churches, it's coming in our communities, it's happening on your phones, and it's happening on your email. The battles are coming. Be strong and courageous. What has the Holy Spirit told you? What has the Holy Spirit told you? How has He compelled you We've got to get back to what God has told us. Friends, listen, this is not the result of a Tony Robbins weekend away. Have anyone seen that Netflix? It's crazy. I mean, anyway, let me keep going. This is a result of Acts chapter 1, verse 8. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. Step number one. Now, I've received the Holy Spirit. Sometimes I don't have this courage, and I'm growing in this courage. You know how we grow in this courage? Right now, we're looking at Acts chapter 21. At this point, Paul has been doing this journey for 20 to 30 years. Paul has had 20 to 30 years of active obedience to the things that the Lord has told him to do. My friend Steve told me, do you want to know the word, the will of the Lord for your life? What was the last thing he told you to do? That is the will of the Lord for your life. That is the will. We grow in courage by obeying everything that the Lord tells you when he tells you to do it. Now you're growing. God's not going to ask you to do what he asked Paul to do. If you just got, maybe he will, but if you just got saved today and you're just starting on your journey, he knows where you're at and he'll meet you where you're at and just start following step by step what God is calling you to do. Amen. Amen. This is good. I'm trying to do this like really quick because uh, I want to. Okay. So, (laughs) all right. Listen, guys, let's start walking with courage, practically with our finances. Courage. Faith and courage, this gets very practical. Minda, great. You're adjusting your budget for the conviction that God has put on you. Each one of us should be doing that. Let's have courage for those singles in here. Courage to find the right partner and not just settle for the one you have. Mm. Can I have a witness? It takes courage to wait for the Lord. Friends, faith doesn't grow from behind a book. It grows as you walk in it. Faith grows as you walk in it. Amen. All right, here we go. Listen, we, yeah, okay, I said that. Let's go. Point number two. This thing of Paul taking the Nazarite vow and paying for the other Jews has, has, I've wrestled with this for a little bit. We know that, I mean, Paul had actual disagreements with Peter about this foolishness of trying to make Gentiles and people follow the, 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 the Jewish laws. So why does he do this? 
Here's what I think was happening. Paul was so convinced that the Holy Spirit had sent him there to preach the gospel that he decided, if I need to shave my head to reach these people, so be it. If I need to do this or do that, he actually explains this in 1 Corinthians 9. Look what he said. He said, for though I am free from all, I have made myself a servant to all that I might win more of them. To the Jews, I became a Jew. That's what he did. In order to win Jews, to those under the law, I became as one under the law, though not myself under the law, that I might win those under the law. To the weak, I became weak, that I might win the weak. I become all things to all people. By all means, I might save some. And I do this for the sake of the gospel, that I may share with them in its blessings. Okay. I'm convinced some of you have opinions on vaccines. It's not a gospel issue. It's not a gospel issue. And if you have to or don't do it, whatever, wherever you stand on it, whatever you do, let your aim and your goal be not your second amendment, but our primary call, our primary mission. If you don't believe in vaccines and you need to do it so that you can be in a community and you can serve those people, let's do it with faith. Amen? Amen. All right, no more of that. Let's keep going and talk about these fun things. Friends, we may not see the fruit in the timing that we have for it, but our responsibility is not the results. Our responsibility is obedience. Tyron says this a lot. Obedience is God's love language. I love that. That's good. We have a, a group in, in Chicago, uh, Columbus called uh, Young Life. Anyone heard of Young Life before? Kind of a national organization, and they, they reach high schoolers uh, by all means, and I, I call it loitering, like literally. These people get sa- uh, saved, and they want to serve in Young Life. They get assigned to a high school, and they say, go and reach that high school. Okay? How? Well, they literally tell them, go hang out at the high school. After school, just go hang out. Go to the sports games. Go to the football. Go to the basketball. Just just sit there and get to know people there. And they encourage these kids to loiter all the time around the school. And it's weird. It's it's, it's, it's weird. Our church is full of people who got saved through Young Life. Full of it. And so I, you know, Connor uh, was a soccer player and just finished last week. And we would go to his games and people from my church would be at these different games all over the city. I'm like, what are you guys doing here? They're like, oh, we just got assigned to school. I'm like, what? Like, so what are you doing right now? Well, we just started last week. So we just come to all the games and we're trying to make friends and build relationships so that we can be all things to all people in order to win some. Amen? Young people, this is ministry. Not this meeting. Being out there, loitering, making friends, building connections, opening your homes, being hospitable, that is ministry. You want to grow in ministry? Don't go to 45 conferences. Go to 45 schools and start talking to people about the gospel. It is awkward to talk to your coworker about the gospel. It is hard. It is difficult. They look at you weird. They treat you differently. When people in my company heard that I was a pastor, all the conversations changed. Oh, what a nice way for you to choose to spend your time, they said. You know, I'm like, listen, God placed you in this time, in this season, Acts 17, 26, in order that you may seek him. 
This is the time. This is the place. This is the season. Where you are right now, unless you are purposefully disobeying God, you are where he's called you to be. And that is where you will be fruitful. Amen? Amen? Last point. Paul was emulating somebody else. Who else do we know who was heading for an incredible persecution, but he did it anyway? Who else do we know that literally walked towards torture and being murdered, led by his father for the benefit of others, that they may be saved? Jesus faced his ministry and his life knowing what lay ahead, what lay ahead and he did it anyway. He was imprisoned, he was lied about, he was tortured, and he was shamed. He went to the extreme and paid the extreme price in order that we may be saved. When we work, walk this journey, we are walking with Jesus in how he set the example for us. Jesus didn't do this lightly. Luke 22, Father, if you're willing, remove this cup from me, he said. But nevertheless, not my will. May yours be done. Whatever you're facing, whatever you're facing, and I know you're facing it. I know you're facing big decisions. You're facing people who have hurt you. You're facing people who have walked away. People who have walked away without the, even the courtesy of explaining why or of having a conversation. People saying untruths, I know you are. You have a sympathetic high priest who sits at the right hand of the Father right now interceding for you and encouraging you, keep going, keep going, keep going. This is the word for us today. And as we look at the great lengths that Jesus went to, as we look at the great lengths Paul went to to share the good news, I wanna ask you how uncomfortable are you willing to be to make disciples for Jesus? We are walking down this path with Jesus. We are walking down this path in the company of Paul. In the company of my friends Steve Sudworth and Debbie, I think of them all the time. I think of how little you came to this nation with and how much you and your children gave up for this call. You are walking alongside with the Sudworths. You're walking alongside with the Krugers and the Daniels. I mean, I'm gonna mention everybody, Dwans, all of you. You're all amazing. We are here as, as you keep going, following the Lord, sacrificing what you could have had, a different career, different money, actual friends that don't hurt you as much. <laughs> uh, you know what I mean. <laughs> Father, will you breathe courage into us today? Will you breathe breathe courage, tenacity, commitment to carry on, Lord, not in our own strength, but by the strength that we get from being in the presence of the Holy Spirit, filled with, empowered with, to testify. Father, would you breathe life into everyone sitting here today, into those marriages, into those parenting conflicts. Will you breathe life into the evangelistic efforts? Will you breathe life into every church here? Because it is the answer for the world. In Jesus' name, amen.